guys, it's Matt, and welcome to the South Coast Kook. This is a surf podcast that shines a light on legends that are connected by their love of catching waves. I'm a former coal miner turned stay-at-home dad who found a passion in creating a community connected by their love of the ocean. I'm a massive ambassador of mental health and a believer in saltwater therapy, giving my time to OneWave as a tribe leader and bringing Paint Your Surfboard workshops to the local community as a creative kids provider. Before we start this episode, I'd love to give a shout out to one of my sponsors, Surf Paints. Surf Paints are tested daily by surfers all over the world. These paint pens are designed especially for your surfboard. Surf Paints encourages the everyday surfer of all ages, skill level and artistic ability to get creative and make it your own. And to celebrate, Surf Paints has given my listeners a whopping 25% off their online store. This is a deal you will not see anywhere else and it's only for my listeners. Just use the promo code KOOK675 at checkout. So if you always wanted to paint a masterpiece on your surfboard or color match a repair job, Surf Paints has you covered. Go to www.surfpaints.com and check out their online store. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey guys, it's Matt, the South Coast Kook. I'm just a kook that loves to talk about everything surfing. Uh, before we start, a massive shout out to the Hill to Air Studios for having us in today. Um, today, I've got Daniel. How you going, Daniel? Pretty good. Pretty good. I'll uh, let you introduce yourself to start off with. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm Daniel. I am the director and owner of Jones Co. Tennis, uh, a tennis service. Not quite surfing, but surfing has shaped a lot of what I've done as well, especially with how I educate. Uh, we while I'm running the tennis court as well, I'm a big proponent on sustainable practices uh, and we're looking at a lot more recycling, especially with the tennis balls and tennis equipment and then going beyond just into general sporting gear as well. Yeah, sick, man. Well, that's why I've got you on the show. I love the sustainability side of things, but I'd like to dive into your own personal surfing history. So let's go. How long have you been surfing for, man? Um, 16 years, I'd say. 16, 17 years, give or take. On and off. Yeah, sick. So yeah. you got some runs on the belt under the belt there. Yeah, good and bad. Good and bad. <laughs> what board are you riding? Okay, at the moment, uh, a bit embarrassing. Uh, I've got a six foot, which is way too small for me. Pink foamy. Yeah, right. You're a, you're a big guy. Oh yeah, I shouldn't be on the six foot. No, it's we we're currently trying to get roof racks for the car, but the only thing that I can get in the car is this my my girlfriend's foamy. So I've been chucking that in, uh, stacking heaps, but occasionally when I get up. I get a good good little fast run. Yeah, sick. Uh, what were you riding before that? Like what's your – My usual go-to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. usual go-to. Uh, so I've got a long – so I'm a bit more of a mini male guy. I've got a 710 – is that still class mini male or I'm, – I'm running with it. Yeah, because they've said oh, – when they sold it to me, it was like mini male. <laughs> uh, so it was an East, uh, East Coast longboard. Uh, we picked it up probably when I was about 14 or 15 from a backpacker. It was a, a Dutch backpacker who was going back overseas and he's like, I just can't take a 7 foot 10 longboard with me. Uh, so I picked it up and had, I've had it to today. So that's my go-to board. Uh, and then the other one that I've got uh, is I think like a 7S. It's about 6 foot 2 fish. So that's a short board, but I haven't used that in some time because it's been a bit... It's small and flat. Yeah, no, yeah. that's fair. That's yeah. fair. 
So, do you have like a best wave of, a, of your life or a best session that really stands out? Oh, yeah. Okay. Best w- going to positive good wave stories would be uh, just around Bendalong Way. Uh, so, I had some good times out there. Uh, there's like Back Beach, and I think that goes across you've got uh, Green, Green Island, and a few places like that. So, we, I'd always, my friend had a, uh, my friend, Mr. Reynolds, had a holiday house. I still got a holiday house there. So, we'd go down as a friend group. And then we would uh, just be surfing all day. So that's some of the waves there have been the best waves uh, and also some of the best stacks. Yeah, (laughs) sweet. Like I've surfed uh, Bendy once or twice. Oh, yeah. Fun wave. I've never got to Green Island. It hasn't been working when I've been down there. Oh, it's a long paddle. Yeah, I've seen it. looks like a long paddle. I feel like you'd fit right in with that long board or the mini mouth, the 710. Oh, yeah, yeah. I. I should have brought it when I went out there. I had a short board and the paddle was hell. Like we, we, I've always found it interesting because in my my friend group, uh, and this is probably why I've always considered myself a bit of a rubbish surfer compared to my friend group because you'd always have that gun surfer who we, uh, so he'd be like paddling out. He's got a hundred meters on you before you've even taken your first paddle. And uh, I remember going out to uh, Green Island with him, and he's already out there catching waves, and I'm just huffing trying to get out the back and then i'm sitting there going well i'm, I'm good for now i'm i'll rest for half an hour and then maybe i'll catch a wave yeah no, fair. <laughs> um any overseas trips or like with surfing uh only one so it's only been when i was younger uh, i went to bali and that like we were just uh around kuda beach because i was a bit bit young and still learning so like i was really keen on uluwatu and all those places and then i'd see the waves i'm like that that's a bit hectic. I'm still learning. Yeah, yeah, fair. <laughs> uh, but I'd just be out at Kuda Beach and had some good waves. And I remember one day, I, I think I was out for about six or seven hours, just all day. Uh, I think my mum and dad were out shopping or doing something, and I just all day was surfing. and came back really red, <laughs> as you would, but, yeah, such a good day. Yeah, sick. And um, do you have a favourite place to surf? Like what's the – do you have like a local that you like to, to surf regularly? Uh, yeah, uh, local wise. Uh, so it's because I'm, I'm trying to, me and my missus are trying to surf together now. Yeah. Uh, so seven mile has been, is where I learned. So we've been going there as well. But the, the surprise one, and one I didn't go to when I was younger a lot, but it's been the farm. Uh, so we've, we've been heading out there cause uh, she likes it as well. So we'll go out together. Uh, it gets a bit busy, but if you've got time off through the day, I find that a pretty good wave as well. Yeah, it is. It is a fun wave and really yeah. like it's good. It caters for everyone, um, oh, yeah. for beginners to intermediate. Yeah, um, yeah, that, that's sick, man. So let's touch on like you're you're a tennis coach, so yes. Jones's co tennis. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so being so the other part, like I grew up surfing here, uh, but I also grew up playing tennis, and I've always found such a correlation between the two because uh, with surfing and with tennis. You're, you're generally by yourself. You're, you're, it's your own self-development. It's your own sense of accomplishment as well. Uh, so it's something that I've always very much enjoyed, the sense of being able to overcome a challenge. Uh, and then I took the lessons between the two. So with, with tennis coaching, I've been doing that professionally about 12 years now, uh, but have been playing for oh, how old? 23 years yeah, right. Yeah, I, I always have to think about how old I am. Like, how long have I been doing this? Yeah, I've been saying I'm 30 for the last two years, man, so don't oh, stress. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I feel like a lot of the, the um, muscle movements and stuff yeah. would be pretty similar. Am I, am I right? I'm not a tennis player. Yeah, yeah. We uh, Shoulder strength. Yeah. That's going to be a big one. Uh, so 
when I, especially when I'm teaching kids, like if, if a parent comes to me and goes, hey, how can we take our kid who's learning and become the, as best as they can be? And my advice is to do multiple sports. Uh, surfing, you're going to build up a lot of uh, shoulder strength, but it's also the breathing, I find. Um, so if you think about how you're breathing through your surf, you're staying calm, uh, even your state of mind when you're on the waves as well. It's similar to tennis. As you're going for a shot, you don't want your mind racing. You want to be able to calm, take that breath in, breathe out as you're stroking the ball. So there's always been a lot of correlations between uh, different sports and tennis, and I've, that's what I've just I'm really passionate about the multi-sport. I suppose is the best way of putting it. And like this is probably ties into what you're studying at uni. What, like yes, yeah. So I decided to go back this year. Uh, especially with all the rain we had, I was sitting there going, I, I, I need to do something. It's raining every day. Uh, haven't hit the courts. So I, on a whim, decided to sign up to go back to uni. Uh, I'm doing medical health and, and science as well. And what, what's the end goal with that? Like, what are you planning on doing? So part of my passion, because it's still, I'm running the business at the moment, but I want to take that to look at how this can be used, so how I can use tennis coaching on a, a broader spectrum as well, how it can be used to um, help kids. And with, with just looking more at pre- uh, preventative healthcare in a way. So one of the, one thing I remember from uh, childhood was, uh, did you remember like Happy Healthy Harold? The, yeah, healthy, yeah, the puppet that come yeah, the around puppet, in the, yeah. the, the van. Yeah, looking you, back on that, it was probably a little it was bit, bit weird. weird. <laughs> you'd jump into a, you'd just be like, hey kids, come into the van. But, it was a great, great time. I remember it was a van of magic. I just uh, remember like uh, yo-yos being like <gasps> so popular. Yeah, 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 huge. Yeah, huge. After Healthy Harold would come, everyone would have a yo-yo at yeah. school for like You know, ages. if you didn't have a yo-yo, you're just like, you're just like, man, my parents have wronged me. Yeah. They should have given me that change for the yo-yo. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's kind of going, how can you use sport, health and science and actually use it to teach kids? So- one of the first things we're learning um, with the course that I'm doing at, at Wollongong University was just about diet and nutrition and things like this. And I, oh, I all massive things, massive. And I feel quite often, if you ask, even if you ask a lot of teachers or you ask kids, well, do you understand what a carbohydrate is? Do you understand what these things are? They they generally don't. So, could we use what our knowledge from sport and health and build a curriculum? for like realistic health and preventative health for kids for future generations as well. Man, that's pretty cool. Like, and very up, very much up my alley. Um, yeah. Like uh, I'm all about this kind of stuff. I love yeah. like healthy living. I love like looking at it holistically, sport, yeah. mental health, everything tying in together. And everything does, yeah. And like it goes back to the fundamentals, like, like what you're saying, the diet, the exercise, putting it yeah. all together. Yeah, it, it, it's surprising how many times it gets overlooked. Like even if you uh, take something like type 2 diabetes and you look at um, the, how you work with someone like that and quite often it's just here's, a, here's some medicine, you take the medicine, there you go. That's that's what you do. But they won't go, okay, have have the medicine, but also why don't you make these lifestyle changes? Like you, you, you need to have both. So I find if people don't take – their own health into their hands a lot of the times. It's like, what what do you expect to yeah. really see out of this this life that you have? So, yeah. yeah, really passionate about trying to educate people and actually practically giving them things that they can take into their own lives. 
Man. And we only get one crack at it too. So. Yeah, exactly. And they, these things transition into your tennis coaching, do they? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things when I started my career it was, I think, I think very similar to a lot of coaches. You're going, you know what, I'm going to find the next uh, Len Hewitt, the next top guy. Yeah. And then I'm going to train them and I'm going to do this and I'm going to be the best coach. And it doesn't happen because no. <laughs> <laughs> most of the time you'll get a top player and, and rightfully so, there'll be transition to uh, other coaches with other experiences and you quickly get over that ego that you have going, oh, I'm going to be the number one coach. Um, but what you do realise is a lot what, when you're working with a kid, you're not only helping them mentally, uh, you're helping them yeah, mentally, physically, but the, the mental side has been something that I didn't think when I started a lot about and it was, I had one student in particular. Um, I remember she would always hide behind her mum, like always hide there. And I spent weeks and weeks just trying to get her to come out of her shell a bit. And then probably within a few months of learning tennis, um, is one of the most confident people now, like just building that confidence in their own ability uh, was massive. And after learning that lesson that that's something that I need to do, it changed the my trajectory in what I wanted to do. Like I no longer cared about chasing that number one, but how can I help more people uh, build confidence and yeah, have a better life? Yeah, sick, man. Like that sounds so awesome. Uh, in my own studies with what I'm doing with surfing and kind of being like the holistic like mental health approach is like how important sport is to sort of, you know, get that person out of their cage or get them in like that better mental health space yes. to like do day-to-day activity. So it all transitions into each other. Exactly. That, that, and that's, I think people like us, we, that's where we need to push and keep on talking to people because all of the time, most people are busy. Like yeah, they come to us for help. They'll come to go, they'll come onto the tennis court to learn. And that's where I feel like my job is more than just going, here's a forehand. Yeah. It is how can I help you get to a level that you want to get to, not just in your game, but in your health journey as well. Yeah, beautiful, man. Well, um, let's let's plug Jones's tennis a little bit more. So, like, yeah. what do you offer and stuff like that? Because my listeners yeah. are probably getting hell confused that why yeah, I'm doing like, a tennis, tennis podcast. Yeah, but like, let's plug it a little bit, and then we can move on to why I've actually got you on the show. Okay, let's do it. Um, so, Jones Go Tennis, we're offering uh, a lot of different programs. So, I've got lessons in Jerringong. That's where I'm doing a lot of junior groups, but adult groups as well. So, uh, lessons for all ages. We've got lessons in Hoke Flats as well, same thing, group lessons. And in Kaima, we're running indoor. So we're at Kaima High School at the moment running an indoor sport program. So it's a bit of a mix of sports because, as I said before, I'm passionate about multi-sport. Uh, so we're running programs there. But basically, jump on the website. It's jonescotennis.com. Uh, group classes, juniors, adults, and you offer yeah. everything, hey? Yeah, bit of every, yeah, generally. And, and um, you're an active kids provider as well. Yes, we are an active kids provider. Uh, yeah, and we we do try and offer as much as we can. We're even if you if you're ever at the markets in Kaima, you'll see us probably on a Wednesday as well, running. Yeah, playing running slam Kaima. ball. Yeah, playing just just everything. That's, yeah. I get a bit of hyperactive. I'm like, I'll do this and this and this, and I just yeah, we do. Bit of everything. Nah, sick. So yeah. any of the listeners that are interested yeah. in tennis, um, yeah. I don't know, like I said, multi-sport, maybe some surfers are keen to learn tennis in the Kaima yeah. region, come heat up. Oh, exactly. Instagram, yeah. Facebook, the works. 
maybe we can start some surfing tennis. With, that surfing tennis? Fun. Yeah, you can like catch that. a wave and then whoever's dropped in on you, you can try and hit a tennis ball. Mate, I'm struggling to stand up, let alone uh, <laughs> hold a tennis racket and a ball. Oh, yeah, yeah. Imagine that, paddling with a racket. Maybe a longboard or a stand-up <laughs> well, board. We'll, we'll do some supping. Yeah, yeah. All right. Now, the part that I'm excited about. Yes, right. So I've got you on the show today because of your little project. Yep. Well, it's, I reckon it's a massive project. I've probably undersold that a little bit. But I met you at, um, at a festival markets day thing. Yep. Um, and you are tied in with Game On Recycling. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So like, tell, tell, the, tell the listeners, what, what is Game On Recycling? Okay, so Game On Recycling is a program that's um, brought by like Wilson are really pushing it uh, in conjunction with Amar Sport, which is a parent company there. Uh, their goal is to recycle sporting equipment. Now, it started off with tennis balls being the main one, but they've transitioned into basketball, snow gear, uh, even tennis rackets. So they're really looking at can they take all of their sporting gear and turn it into a more of a circular economy as well. So instead of a linear economy where we just produce, sell, throw in the bin, we want to be able to produce, uh, recycle, and turn it back into a product as well. So I, especially when you start to look at uh, the bigger picture and like down the track, I don't know how we can continue with a linear like, model at all. It has to become circular at some point. Yeah. So, yeah, which is crazy because yeah. uh, like back to like tennis – how many oh. tennis balls do you reckon you go through? Uh, me personally, uh, probably thousands. Yeah. 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 I'd go through thousands. And if I, you didn't do this program, they'd just go straight into landfill. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the garage first, they would live live yeah. for years. Or the tow bar on the your tow car. Tow bar. Yeah, exactly. Uh, tow bar. Um, I, I, I don't, I've heard report like it's not super healthy for the dogs. I, I don't know 100%, <laughs> but, um, or, the dogs take them, but then you start to think after that, where does it go after that? So even if you give it a second life, it's still in the environment. And to be fair, it's a pretty shit second life, those options that we've just yeah. talked about. Oh, the, yeah. the tow bar, you know, you protect protect your shin. <laughs> yeah, protect the chin. Uh, the bottom of chairs was another one. Yeah. Um, I've seen um, it was face painting. One one was like this, make tennis ball faces. Yeah. Uh, I've seen, yeah, I've seen they've had a lot of different lives. Uh, but yeah, we the, even if you do that, even if you prolong it, um, if you think of like your kids and your kids' kids, and you think down the track, at what point does it hit a, just a tipping point where it's going? Yeah. Well, you, you can't. How many extra lives? How many things can you do with this tennis ball before it just becomes a massive environmental issue? And like, so so you you have these giant boxes, right? Yep. And you now collect tennis balls, tennis rackets, snow gear. Yep. Um, and then what happens to them then? So at the moment, uh, so we, we've got one collection point at Kayama, getting a second one, uh, two more, Jerengong and Oak Flats. Uh, that's where we're looking at. Uh, just locations that I'm currently working at as well. Because w- the process at the moment is the public will take take their gear, take their tennis balls, drop them off there. When the boxes are full, we, we pick them up. We uh, have already like uh, like a... Uh, some tags to send it off. So we, we've been uh, given by uh, Game On Recycling all the tags and all the um, receipts and stuff there. So we'll get the boxes, send it off to them, and then from there they're going to have a second life. And at, at this stage it's mainly in surfaces. So think of those playground surfaces or even in some cases another tennis court. 
Um, so playground surfaces, but there's other companies that are starting to go, hey, can we take this tennis ball and make another tennis ball? Can we – so they're, they're, they're learning, they're yeah, developing, they're changing. They're yeah. at least giving it yeah. a crack anyway yeah. to try and like reuse these products. Yeah, exactly. So I think with Game On Recycling, it's mainly the surfaces, I think, in Australia. Um, but if you look at some cases overseas uh, and some other companies, I know there's a um, another company that I'm really interested to look at and find out more information called Renewable, and they're taking these tennis balls and doing what we said before, like getting an old tennis ball and giving it another life. Um, there's another in America, a place called Lakehold, and they're actually now, they've just become the surface of the US Open Grand Slam as well. So what they're taking, they take the tennis ball and turn it into a tennis court. Wow. Yeah, so they're doing something. Yeah. yeah. So so how long have you been doing it for? Uh I think uh, it would have started uh, mid last year. Yeah. And how many tennis balls do you reckon you've sent back? Or, or like when I say, mm. sorry, tennis balls, basketballs, like the works, like do you, a couple of boxes. Mm. Yeah. A couple of boxes, I'd say. So still, and that's part of the reasons why when, when we're at the markets, because there's a lot more out there. There's a lot more on the community, but the process is currently slow. So um, part of what I'm doing, this is the big push to speak about it is raise community awareness, get people to know that they can recycle the tennis balls, um, get people to know it's actually an issue because most people go, oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a tennis ball. Like, what of it? And you're going, well, each year we import about 10 million tennis balls. Like 10 every year. So every year 10 million. Worldwide about 325 million. Um, so if you start to go year by year by year and you realize these things aren't really built to break down, then it starts to get a, a bit of an issue. And, and it's not even just the rubber. On, on the ball surface itself, um, you'll, that's when you start to get into microplastics as well. Uh, and something that I only recently, <laughs> I never thought about this before, but the tennis ball, the, the felt on it uh, will have some like plastic fibers as well. So every time you're hitting it, you're releasing that into the environment and then that ends up in our waterways as well. So you end up with a big microplastic problem through our ocean. So it's not a great product environmentally, this tennis ball. Yeah, crazy. Like, yeah. I, like I never really sat down and thought about it until I met you at the markets and when we started diving into it because I'm like I'm all about sustainability. I like, I like the sound. Like I think it's a trend that we should definitely as a whole should be going towards. Um. But yeah, like it's just unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's something that it dawned on me. So I've, I've been this has been something I've been thinking about and trying to figure out for a while. Um, I used to work in Sydney, and we're having just a general team meeting, and one of the coaches was like, "Okay, I need more tennis balls." And the question was like, "Okay, well, you just had a few, like a couple of thousand over this amount of time. Where have they gone?" And then they've just been going in the the trash. They haven't been coming back <laughs> yeah. in. They've been going to there. And um, to everyone, like this wasn't just myself. This was like even the boss there was like, oh, like this, that's ridiculous. Like we shouldn't be doing that. Um, but then in Australia, it's it's always been a tough one because in America, it's a big, bigger market for recycling. And over here, we're, we're a smaller market. So we get a lot less, like just a lot less attention really. Uh, so in America, they've had, they've had programs uh, over here. Uh, this is a new pilot program, 
And that's why I'm so passionate about it, going, look, we've got a pilot program, game on recycling, let's push it. Let's get everyone involved because if we don't, as individuals, take it on, especially with tennis clubs like those involved in my industry, it will just fall away. We'll wait until like 2030 and then there'll be another pilot program. So we have to start to, instead of just like throwing our arms up in the air and going, what can we do about this? Just start doing something. Do what you can. And these programs will last a lot longer. Sorry for interrupting the episode. I hope you're enjoying it. I just wanted to give a shout out to another one of my sponsors, Softboards AU. Softboards AU has something for everyone. Whether you're looking for your first surfboard or an experienced surfer looking for some variety in your sessions, Softboards AU has you covered. Their boards are packed with a molded EPS core, double stringers, and each board is certified and tested in extreme heat conditions to ensure that they can handle our Aussie summers. These legends have agreed to give 10% off to my listeners by using the promo code SOUTHCOASTCOOK10 at checkout. So to check out their fun range of boards, go to www.softboardsau.com. Now, back to the episode. I was talking to you and you're the only one that's doing it in Australia. Is that right? Well, no. no. So well, we were the first one to bring it into New South Wales because um, originally it was going to be – the pilot program was going to be um, done just, just through Victoria because that's where they were based. That's where – so they had like one or two clubs that they were going to uh, do it. And we um, – I don't know. Some my, my partner is a great internet sleuth So because we, we've been thinking about this and I don't have a background or the budget to start a recycling company myself. So we're like – how do, what do we do? Like, let's see if we can partner up with someone. So we started sleuthing on the internet. We found a it was a report where there was funding going to this particular person, and then my partner sent them an email, and they're like, "Oh, hey, like, not sure how you found this, but we're no longer involved. But hit this person up." And then it was <laughs> kind sounds of like a rabbit hole, man. Yeah. So we we just went down this rabbit hole. I was like, just keep digging. Let's see where it goes. Uh, and yeah, and my partner Gemma, like, it's really like, it's really good at that sort of stuff. So she was able to find the connection, find it that had been with Game on Recycling with uh, Wilson Sport. We got a direct contact through them, and we just straight up gave them a call. And, and they're in the states, aren't they? Oh, oh well, they're they're in. Um, so this one's um, in Australia, so they're Melbourne based. So, so you just here. randomly called them up and said, "Hey, I'm from Kiama. Yeah, yeah, I got an." I want in. And yeah. what they say, how were they greeted? How was that greeted? Well, one, they were, they were a bit surprised. They're like, oh, like this is a pilot program which hasn't been launched. Uh, how have you? Like they were excited. They were like, oh, this is awesome. Like they've gotten behind us, of course, and they've been really good to work with um, on this. But they're just like, how did you find, find this? And we're like, look, we just, I don't, we just went through the internet. We went down the rabbit hole, followed the email communications, and we found where it went. And, from there, we've just been pushing more and more. I hit up some of my old clubs, uh, especially in Sydney, because we were going to be the like we're the only one in New South Wales. So we'll, I was like, well, there's all these people. Let's start hitting up other clubs. So now it's grown a lot more as well. Because um, I, th- I think with these pilot programs, if they just go, oh, we're just focusing on this one area, like I don't know how they will grow and 
really succeed. But but now we've got it all through New South Wales, um, it, and it's hopefully going bigger and bigger. But part of the reason why I really wanted to speak about it today is I know that it, it, as a pilot program they end. So in March next year, that pilot program's coming to an end, and hopefully it becomes just the ongoing program. So yeah, it's a it. Yeah, it's a lot to do, but it's it's passion, so it doesn't really feel like that much work. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like yeah. like you said, you're you're a coach. You'd see how many tennis balls you would go through personally. Yes. Imagine how many tennis clubs there are across Australia, across yeah. the world that would be going through the same amount of tennis balls. Yeah. So, does it cost you money to do this? Uh, currently, ah, oh, well, not really money. It's more time. So. Uh, like we'll go down to the markets, we will be doing um, like just different promotional events. So I suppose money in the sense of like we'll put a lot of our own resources into it, um, but it hasn't, yeah, it's not costing us individually any money um, yeah, at this stage. So that's, yeah. that's about one positive. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. So is there, so you've, tennis balls, basketballs, yep. rackets, snow gear, is, is there now a shift to go to surf as well? Uh, well, hopefully, and this is where this would be interesting to have a discussion with yourself who, uh, looking into this. Uh, I've been starting to dig deeper and deeper because we've it started with tennis balls, these when we got the rubber, uh, and I know even the felt they were turning the felt into like padding for the this ground for horse riding or something. So they're, they're trying to reuse these products, but then what do you what would you do with a surfboard? Like, um, what can you do? How can you? what materials are there because I know that there is a push, especially if you take France as one of the major uh, players in this realm and they're ahead of everyone in this game because they're really pushing for anti-waste laws and a circular economy on everything. Um, So I haven't seen too much in surf, but I can only imagine that if countries are going towards this, the surf companies will have to start to think about it. How can they make their boards? Because uh, even with yourself, like how uh, how are you finding? Because um, you were you're using it for art as well, and yeah. So I've I like I've sort of digging down the bit of a rabbit hole myself with yeah. the sustainability approach, yeah. and really struggling to find uh, oh, like uses for a board once it's at that landfill stage. Like once it's at that landfill stage, it's not a lot you can do with it. Hence, where I was like, I teamed up with Surf Paints. Um, yeah, shout out to Danny who you know, jumped on board of like my crazy vision as well. And we're now um, running workshops where we get like young kids and youth and um, to to come down and just draw on them and like a bit of a switch off mental health approach in the sense of like, I don't know, in the form of art therapy. So I'll strip all the boards back, all the wax and all the sand and, you know, like it doesn't cost me anything but time. Like I might be – I might be like on on the hands and knees scrubbing all the wax off for like an hour, but I actually weirdly I enjoy it. I don't know; it's crazy that I actually do. But yeah, so we'll turn them into art, and um, I'm digging down that route. But it's 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 kind of like, um, what else do you do with them? You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, because one, and that's where I suppose tennis balls um, have always been. Everyone's going, what do I do with it now? Because they have a really short life if, if you're a particular player. With me, I've I've always been someone who's like, you know what, it doesn't matter if it's dead. Like if you're good at tennis, just play. Yeah, I, you can, I can play with my hand if I want to. Yeah. Um, so I'm not quite the person going, I need fresh balls every yeah, yeah. time. Um, but some people are. Some people like crack them, 
play. There we go. And I know with the even the Australian Open, for example, they have like they will go through about forty eight plus thousand balls. Surely they're on the program. Surely they're they're, they're, they're now yeah yeah. <laughs> but originally, originally, you was like. Oh, we could sell them. They were doing things, so then I'm, I'm not trying to yeah, yeah. have a go at them. But screw were, the Australian yeah, Open is what I heard them. you say. Yeah, <laughs> take them down. No, but they were, they were always being like, "Oh, what clubs around the area can we donate the balls to?" But then at the same time, it just they always will end up in landfill unless you have that last place. So tennis balls, we've always kind of thought, and I suppose golf balls are the same sort of I, thing. I, I think it's a great start yeah. too with what you're doing yeah. in the sense of like. It's something small as well. Like we yeah. can start with a small tennis ball yeah. and then work our way up to a 7-10 log. Yes. What well, do we mini do mouse, this? sorry. Yes. Yeah. What, yeah. Mal, I suppose if yeah. – for me it's a mini mouse. For my partner it's probably a full-size mouse. Um, but, yeah, it, it's what, – what do you take with, with something like that? And if we're thinking about this with everything, like they're, they're talking about like what, what about a laptop? What about uh, microphones? What about any bit of gear – is it going to be forever just piling up or can everything that we consciously make, we don't just start, okay, we can make a product and sell a product and then we forget about it. I think companies, and this is where companies really have to step up. They have to go, we're going to make a product, but we need it to have uh, like an ending. We need to know what that ending is. Uh, And that ending can't be like, Oh, just a pile over there. Like, yeah, yeah. So surf, I'm, I'm interested. I, I'm definitely keen I, to help you out on that as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you come up it. with ideas, let me know. Yeah. Um, I know one company, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like through trolling the internet, uh, Project Blank, they do like a, a discount scheme where with your wetsuit, you can re- send it back. Um, but even from what they're doing, I'm thinking it's like, it was a lot. Like you had to send a certain amount. You couldn't just send your one old wetsuit back. Yeah. I think you have to do like it was like ridiculous, like twenty kilos or something. Like yeah, and that's a lot. Of, that's lot of a lot. Like yeah. you could probably scrounge around the local community. And I think they did like a system where they give you like thirty percent off if you did that or something like that. Yeah. But I'd be curious to see like what we could do as a whole with like wetsuits and yeah. So if you think think about the materials there, like what could so the material of a surfboard. Um, or you've got the resin coat, which you can it, – it gets, starts to get complicated. You're going, okay, what chemicals are in that as well? What can we uh, do environmentally? But you start to look at the materials you have in each one um, and is there either better materials that, while it might cost a bit more money, can actually be recyclable? Uh, so is the practice is going to be at the start, like we change how we make them. Like I know with tennis walls, for example – if we stop using microplastics in the felt, we start to go like wool, like natural things. It might change the way that it plays a bit, but that might be better than the long impact that we're we're going towards. Uh, so surfboards might be the same thing. Is there from the start? But then we have to think about the ones we already have. Like, what can we do with the the millions that are already there? Yeah. Well, um, this will be another shout out to Tom from Spooked Kooks. Uh, Spooked Kooks surfboards do. Uh, their bottom slick is made so like you got your foamy that you've oh, got. Yeah, yeah. So the bottom plastic is made from a hundred percent post consumer recyclable plastics. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. So, so he good. has he has a connection. I think it. Oh man, like I did this ages ago, but I think he had a connection to like a plastic bank in the states. So these guys would take x amount of plastic, 
they would deliver him a sheet of like recycled plastic. Yeah. And then from that sheet, they would then put them on the foam boards to try it, to try and help their part. Like yeah. they love surfing. And, and this is why I got you on the show, mate. Not because of the tennis, like yeah. whatever, but well, it's we'll like- We'll start the new tennis surfing. Yeah. <laughs> bring, bring it together. But like, yeah. where does everything end up? It ends yeah. up in the water, like it goes into the ocean, yeah. microplastics, the works. Well, especially if like, like I grew up surfing, you're, you're getting right into it as well. Like for people like us, the ocean's part of who we are. Like this is part of what we love. And too often we just go, oh, too hard. Or we, like one of the one of the comments I always find interesting, people are like, oh, you know what? The problem's too big, too big. Like good on you, but you know, it's, it's too big. Or they kind of yeah. like, and like I'll throw my hand up. I'm yeah. probably one to do this. Um, Probably start badgering the company itself going, yeah. well, like they should, they're the multi-billion yeah. dollar company. So, they yeah. should be able to yeah. do something, which it, it, like I tr- we try and do our small part at yeah. home, right? Yeah. But you know, I'm not perfect. I'm not even saying that I'm close no, to perfect. No, none of us are. And I, I, I really would like those bigger companies to help with that transition of like the environmentally friendly approach. Oh, but massively, I think as well, like um, us as surfers or as tennis players or as whoever we are, uh, need to lower our standard a little bit. Like you said, in the sense of like you could change a product that maybe might not get the same bounce, or we yeah. could change our surfboards to yeah. do that little bit less yeah. performance based. But, but then in the long term, we'll be better for the environment. So, it, And some people do forget that a lot of these companies, we, we I don't know, we almost assume that they're these these entities, like these alien entities and, oh, these they're too powerful and we don't know what they are. But a lot of the times they are people and they're just going, okay, this is the numbers. They're reading their numbers. They want more money in this particular thing. They're quite detached from a lot of it. But if we change what we do, if we change our shopping habits, if we change how we um, yeah, engage with them as well, surely that would have an effect. So you're, you're simply, if you're going, oh, it's too big, or maybe you just change your your shopping habits. Um, so I know, for example, like there's the renewables that I talked about before. Um, Wilson have brought out Trinity tennis balls as well. So they're like a pressureless uh, tennis ball. And like a lot of people, are like, oh, I don't like playing with them. They're not that. Yeah. Like some people I don't get them. the same feel. Yeah, the same feel. And I'm like, okay, but they last. Like I, I had, I had one, one. I don't know. I might do it again. Um, but I still have like one basket of Trinity balls, and I've had that for two years, and they still bounce, and that's insane. Like yeah. that. Usually they'll die in three or four lessons, and then you'll be replacing it. So. Even if you just went, look, I'm going to go on a long-lasting ball, that's going to be something better. And if you start purchasing that way, they'll go, let's invest more into that field and let's, let's go further down there as well. But if everyone's like, oh, I hate these tennis balls, they're not going to make them. Yeah. yeah. Or just keep on doing what makes them money. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. Um, I did know that I think they're trying to push as well uh, a bit of a buyback scheme in the sense of surfboards. So if some companies like – you purchase a board off them, love it, whatever, uh, like it's near its end of its life, we'll send it back because they'll have the resources, the technology and the money to potentially recycle it or turn it into another another board. See another that. board. But like this is this is futuristic down the track. Um and this is just through like the sustainability leaders that I've spoken to, like Mark Penthouse from the um the Surflex Lab and all those people that are doing the imagine amazing things in these industries to try and help do this. So um, 
yeah, I don't know. We'll see what we sort of come up with down the track. Yeah, and I suppose this is why these conversations are so important as well because most people wouldn't think. Like I, I was watching a great YouTube video just on, on tennis and sustainability and the comments are like, I never thought of that. I never thought of that. So conversations like we're having now will hopefully some people listen to and go, hey, we never didn't realise 10 million tennis balls or we didn't realise what happens to a surfboard at, at the end of its life. We So often we're – and through no fault of a lot of people, it's you're busy, you're living your life, you're looking after your kids, you're, you're, you're getting by and then – the last thing you want to do is try and save the world from tennis balls. Uh, but you, the, the, at least this way you can start thinking. Hopefully that will start to shift the the companies as well. Well, man, like it made me think, and that's why I was wanted you on the show because like, yeah, I'm not a tennis player. I'm not anything like that. I've got a dog, but, you know, I buy three or four tennis balls a year for the dog, you know. That's just one example of how this could transition to maybe someone listening at home goes, oh, yeah, I've got a basketball that – like, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's just a, sitting in the garage. Sitting in the garage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like it's, it's just a huge thing. And like it's like like we said, I think we're getting the conversation started. And uh, Oh, yeah. It's still a long way. And even, even with myself, like there's so much learning to do. And that, that's something I even last night I was like, oh, I'm going to try and learn everything. And then you quickly go, there's so much to learn. But uh, instead of taking that as a, being disheartening, going, oh, it's too much, just go, Oh, just every step forward. Like everything you learn, everything you try is going to lead to an improvement. So uh, that's that's what I'm passionate about is constantly going, look, I this is my industry. I feel it's my responsibility. Um, what can I do every single day to try and just improve it 1%? And um, yeah, that's that's why, <laughs> why I've, I've loved having like this chat with you as well because this is something that's passionate, like we're yeah. both passionate about. Yeah, you can see yeah. you're the pioneer. You're sort of setting out to try and change, to make change, and hopefully it gets rolled across all of New South Wales and hopefully yeah. um, a bit of good comes from it. Yeah, well, hopefully it gets linked. One one thing I'd love to see, uh, and hopefully uh, this starts to happen more and more, is instead of it just being such like an individual such as myself, it starts to become just like, if you think about your waste at home. Um, so we've all got our bins. We all have – we all know to put our rubbish in the rubbish bin. We all have our recycling bins. But if we have something, we like we just recycle our sporting equipment. Like that's what we do. It's not me having to chase everyone yeah. up. You don't have to knock on doors and go, "Hey, man, yeah. you got tennis balls?" Yeah, it's like give me all your tennis balls. No, it's just something with um, where it becomes backed by councils, becomes backed by uh, state, and becomes backed by federal. Like if we can get the country going, this is how, like we're a sporting nation. Let's be a let's let's start being a leader in this as well. So let's be the sporting nation that's also responsible with what comes with sport. Yeah, man. And like when we say that as well, like so many people um are willing to do something. Like with with what I'm doing, right? Yeah. I just put a community page, like a post on the community page. I got three surfboards by the end of the afternoon. All of them, oh, like really? all of them destroyed. Like yeah, all of yeah. them not just sit in the garage. But now that's like you know. 20 kids can have a draw now. 20 young people oh, can turn really? them into like proper art or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so the generosity and the the shift is there. It's just like, like you said, instead of knocking on doors, hopefully yeah. like just having a conversation day. like yeah. this can sort of start it like wildfire. Oh yeah. And, and, and I suppose we like with, with who we are as people, it just, it's, we can't stop. Like I, I can't stop myself from doing it. Even if I'm like, oh, I'm tired. I'm just going, 
I can I can see the tennis balls and they're they're in the back of my car. Even even now I've got probably two hundred tennis balls in the back of the car. So they're they're always around me. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, so what's planned for the future? Um, like with your tennis, yep. with game on recycling, like what's what's on the horizon? So at the moment, uh, plans for for game on recycling. Um, I just want to get more boxes at more locations. Um, and I am seeing they're growing a lot. Or I, I even read like Rebel started putting some boxes there, which was great as which well. Which is crazy that they sh- like yeah. uh, surely they w- will get. If if you got to know, like yeah. surely there's something wrong there. Yeah. So no, nah, no, nah, man, I don't want to do that. Yeah. I'll just throw. We'll hey, just keep doing what we're just doing. Them, yeah. So you've got them taking on board, but like for us personally as a company, uh, it's continuing getting, just continuing trying to get the population on board going, this is what you do. Like this is what you do with not just the packaging. Oh, and also just quickly on packaging, you can recycle it. So you don't, that doesn't need to go in landfill. Um, but what we want to do is get them in all the locations as we get more and more locations, more and more boxes, and hopefully that's just the standard for tennis courts. So any, like I, I would love to see every single tennis court, if you are going anywhere, they have that bin. And you like you should be able to go to your tennis tennis court and go, dropped off all these tennis balls, get some more tennis, like get some ones that you want to play with and play. And if you happen to throw them away after one hit, you can just put them straight back. So not this thing where you're taking them home with you or doing anything, just really making it easier on, on the people. So that's what we want to do. Um, in regards to the, the tennis side of it, uh, just continuing learning with the, the uni course that I'm doing, uh, but getting that to be something I can work with a lot of schools in as well. So building up uh, just that curriculum as I was talking about before and at this stage just trying to do the best tennis lessons for the community I can. Yeah, sick, man. Uh, so let's plug the socials one more time. So like your personal ones. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, so for all my, my, my socials, so we've got jonescotennis.com. Uh, you can find me at Instagram as well. It's all under jonescotennis. Um, Facebook. Yeah. The, all, Jonesco, all the, the, you can LinkedIn, you find me everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Every Just Jones Code Tennis. Yeah. yeah and you can find me. If you want to chat about um, sustainability or like recycling and all yeah. that stuff, just send you a message. Yeah. So you can send me an email as well. So my email is daniel at jonescotennis.com. So any questions, hit me up there. Um, yeah. Happy to have a chat in person as well. So we can definitely uh, organize that. Yeah. Uh, and same with me. Send me a message. Um, uh, I can direct you to you and, yeah. you know, all that all that jazz. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, jump jump on, like, uh, especially the Instagram. We, we always we're posting regularly. Man, uh, your Instagram looks really good. Like, um, oh, thanks. I felt like I came off a tennis player after yeah. scrolling through for five minutes. Uh, yeah, I've, 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 I'm creating more and more, like, uh, tennis lessons as well. Uh, actually, was, I was starting one because I've been watching a lot of the Instagrams where it's like, here's a, here's a video of Djokovic and, like, there's so many beginners out there watching a video going, okay, I'm learning how to hit this forehand like Djokovic. I'm like, oh, slow down, slow down. Yeah. You're brand new to this. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's so, like how many YouTube videos I've watched on Mick Fanning. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. practically Mick Fanning yeah, now. I'm, you know what? I could, I'll drop. Yeah. Let's hit it up. Let's yeah. go to Hawaii straight yeah. away. Um, so, yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, everyone, thanks for having me. Everyone, like, check it out. Definitely. Um, hopefully, love what you're doing as a pioneer of the oh, yeah. you know, tennis. Hopefully, we can branch off into surfing and stuff. Same with anyone listening. If they want to reach out to me about like the surfing art sort of program things, 
whatever you want to call it, reach out. I'll be happy to help. I've got one last question for you, man. Yeah, let's do it. What does surfing mean to you? Ooh. Yeah, so surfing, um, I think I touched this on this briefly at the start, was it was a sense of accomplishment, and which might sound a bit strange, but with surfing, you can't just simply buy a surfboard, jump on a wave, and then there you go. Like You have to put in work. You have to you learn to paddle. You build your fitness. Yeah, yeah. Um, learn to stand for the first time. Like it's, but you're probably just laying down the first time. Like I know I was just on that longboard, just laying on it. And then with each step you get forward, like with every wave you take, you build that confidence in yourself. And when you do get that that fun rush, you get that big dopamine hit from that the excitement. That's a well earned rush. That's something that you put in the time, you put in the effort for. So yeah, that's for me. It was that confidence, self confidence, but accomplishment as well about putting in the work to get something from it as well. Yeah, sick, man. I think um, surfing is one of those sports too, uh, which I'm trying to relate. Like I can 100% yeah. see what you're saying. It's such a really hard learning curve at the start. Yes. Yeah. Um, snowboarding, you can stand up. It can take all day to get down the mountain. You will just rack up some time on your feet. Yeah. But surfing is like you might surf for six hours, like over a span of six weeks and only stand up for a whole of – 10 oh, seconds. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, like I can totally get what you're saying with that accomplishment. Oh, yeah. Well, we used to, me and a, a mate of mine, Harley, used to paddle out and there was surf schools at Seven Mile and we would kind of just hang around the edges of them being like listening to what the instructors were saying and just being like, okay, we're good to go. And it was like we were just subtly learning and it was, but it was that sense when we could finally actually surf. I was like, this, this was worth it. Like not only for like your mental health and your peace of mind, but it, it, I just found it just as a whole mind and body and soul, I suppose. That's what we all, what we say, but it was yeah, so rewarding. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, Thank you so me. much. All my listeners, check it out. And yeah, see you next week. Yeah. Thanks, bud. Anyway, Thank you. See ya. Thanks everyone for listening. If you like what you're hearing, like and subscribe on whatever platform you choose to listen on. If you haven't already, check out my online store. It's constantly expanding. I stock brands such as Freefall Surf Hardware for all your surfing needs, Surf Sue to help prevent rash and extend your time in the water, Sun Butter, who are my latest addition. I'll be stocking their awesome range of zinc and sunscreen. And of course, Huey's Choice of Wax, the best surfboard wax. All these products I've personally tried and tested in the water. So go to my online store, www.southcoastkook.com to check it all out. And if you don't already, follow me on Instagram at southcoast.kook and direct message me all your surfing questions. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Bye.